so what, what we saw last week, um, and do me, do me one favor, if Avi Nadel doesn't come today, call, call him. Okay, Jack, you know Avi Nadel. You know what I'm talking about? That, that fellow who's in the call. You'll see he's listed in the phone book. There are two phone, phone numbers listed from as I remember. Call Avi Nadel and just, just tell him that there's no Shia next week, that we, we pick up two weeks from today, which may be the last Shia until Pesach, because that's the last Shia. He lives in one of the Yishuvim, but he's in the Yerushalayim phone book. As I recall, I found him, Nun Dalit Lamed, uh, Avraham or Ravi, it, it, I found him without difficulty. His wife is giving birth, or gave birth, so I understand why he's not here, but I just want to be sure he doesn't come in vain next week. Um, okay, we finished out last week, Ratzvihesh uh, Maizlish, that was the entire Shia, basically, with uh, the Aguna, the woman who's been an Aguna for 10 years, a pious woman living in Williamsburg, the last she heard from her husband, he was in a work camp and he was going blind, and uh, she never heard from him again. What's fascinating is that the Satna Rebbe didn't want to be Mekhil. See, that's interesting. And it's interesting how they relate to the Satna Rebbe, although Halachalamaisa, they paskined against the Satna Rebbe. Now, you know, when I think about it, and I didn't say this last week, and again, it's very hard to know where the truth is because you're dealing with something that happened and these people are no longer alive. It's like Ratzi Pesach Frank, a Rav who's Masada Gittin in America, asked me to find out about, I have in the famous case of, uh, if you know Rakafad Aaron Chelik Shani, so I have there a, a piece that I published in tradition years ago. It may be the most important piece I ever published. However, it's so intricate that not many people understand what I wrote about. Uh, and, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm, don't fool myself. When you write on, on uh, Havkot Kedushin and, uh, and the Masham Shvadran, you understand, you can write it in English. But uh, it doesn't mean people know what you're talking about. But this Rav, I don't want to mention his name, who's Masada Kedushin, he's a big Talmud Chacham, he said to me, he thanked me, he said, that article, you have no idea, he thanked me, thanked me, thanked me, thanked me. In the meantime, he asked me, Check out, did Rav Tzvi Pesach really do it halacha l'maysa? And there's no one to ask today. I asked Rav Tzvi Pesach has one son who survives. And that son is a businessman. He didn't know. And he's a nice guy. He lives in our neighborhood. He davens where I daven, the same shul. And he's a nice guy. And he looks like Rav Tzvi Pesach. If you could imagine Rav Tzvi Pesach without a beard, you could see exactly the face of his father in him. But he, he doesn't know this. his world is business. He's a fine from Jew, but a businessman. His father was a gonadir, and he was a businessman. And he told me he doesn't. He never heard a word. No, he didn't. He didn't even know what I. You know, he understood. I was asking. So there's no one to ask. Of course, in this particular case, I can only say over Eidot that I heard when I came in Aliyah from people who were intimately involved, who actually saw it, and know why Reb Pesach didn't write. So you see, with the Satna Rebbe, what I think, and I, and, and I kept on thinking about this, because what was haunting me is that you're dealing here with Ungarisha. You're dealing here with Tzviyash Maizlish. I mean, after all, he becomes a Mokhutan to the Satna Rebbe afterwards, or to the Satna Rebbe's family. And uh, how do you dismiss the Satna Rebbe? And what I think Halachala Maisa happened here is very simple, that the Satna Rebbe didn't dasa. The Satna Rebbe threw out the Kshash. And he said, this is why he's so hesitant, he's so different, he doesn't want to join in the Heta, because he says, I certain the whole lineage of Russia. Now that Russian story is, is a very real problem. As someone who lived the era and researched the era, it was a very real problem. And 
these people in Russia, how did they get out? How did they contact? How did they send a message? They were totally cut off. But I'll tell you what is true. By the time 10 years have passed, 99% sent messages. In other words, as difficult as the Iron Curtain was, if you know what I'm saying, it took years. People finally made contact, uh, even if the contact was at the risk of, of, of difficulty with the KGB. But nevertheless, the word got out. The word got out. And that's what the Tzimaisli says in the Chiptik Rav, that when 10 years already have gone by, and the guy was a chayla, with all that the Satna Rebbe is worried about, but halacha lemaisa, we're not going to let it affect the psak. Now, then we went in, and we're going to devote the heart of today's shir to something very, very fascinating. And here you come to uh, to uh, the Binyan Sion. Uh, I spoke about it last week already. Chelik Sheni, Siman Memtet. And you're dealing with someone that is living it. He's in London. He's the Rav of the of the British zone. And he's literally living it. And they have done Laria. And uh, he's overwhelmed by the men and the remarry. And he comes up with, you see, if you're going to treat the men like a gunat, so you're always going to run the fear that when Shemotim, he can marry his wife's sister. And that can be an the writer. And as I said to you, while it may appear strange to you, but when I was growing up, I can actually use the word, it was Meissen Bechol Yom, that we met European survivors, where their mothers were really their aunts. And we were kids, we didn't know it. We, we took for granted, no, the relationship between the kid and the woman was like a mother, you know, generally in a home where you're raised by a second mother, by your stepmother, you can tell. Here you could not tell at all. It's only we heard rumors on the street that the kid's mother died in childbirth, and this is really his aunt. And this was Meissen Bechol Yom. So uh, it makes a lot of sense here. Also, you see, psychologically, if a person, I've, I've seen this throughout my life, I've seen it with my students, a person always falls in love with the same woman. It's hard to explain this. But when you set up a guy with a girl, and let's say for the sake of argument, you set up a guy, the girl is five foot three, she's a little plump, uh, she has brunette hair, and, the, and this girl tells the guy, drop that, she's not interested. But if I already saw the guy was interested, I now start looking for brunettes, five foot three, plump. It's an amazing thing because the guy, and I've seen this time and again, that the guy will marry a replica of the girl he had a sweet tooth on. And, and, and it could be he was 19 at the time, 20 at the time. The girl told him to drop dead. She's not waiting for him. Whatever it is, five years later, he brings home a girl. It's really the image of the first girl. So to marry one's wife's sister is not not so hard to conceive of. If you fall in love, a lot of times, brothers, I've seen brothers marry sisters. It's, it's, I have to tell you, I don't use the word, but it's not rare. I can think offhand of a number of cases that I know of, of brothers who married sisters. It's not hard to understand it. Once a brother is attracted to a, to a girl, so the brother who has the same genes, basically, is attracted to the sister. All right, no one's exactly the same, but it's within the ballpark. So this is a real shash. Now, he says very ingeniously, if you go with Hetamir Abanim, he will never marry his sister-in-law, because Hetamir Abanim means, look, we're not going to kill ourselves. It's only a Dinder Abanim, it's only a Chaim Rabbeinu Geshem. We're not going to kill ourselves, 
but uh, but uh, we can go, we can go with it with a din- we can go with with the het mayor upon him, and therefore you'll know you're not really uh, mutter in the sense that we're not certain your wife is dead. But since we have Svaikan and you can have more than one wife, so fine, we're going to go with het mayor upon him. Now, then he raises the problem. Uh, how are you going to uh, have a Hetamei Rabbanim for every individual case? Hetamei Rabbanim is very difficult. And I told you, in America, the way it works, at least in my time, I don't want to say today, uh, is at a time of a rabbinic convention, people will come around and show you the whole country, the whole story. Now, the truth of the matter is, you don't really read the whole country. What you look for is who signed first, who signed second, who find, signed third. If you see Rav Moshe Feinstein, I remember I've signed a, I signed a few Heterei Meir Abanim in the 1960s in RCA conventions. Why? I looked, I saw who signed first. I wasn't sophisticated enough then to know my Rebbe's viewpoint and the whole problem of symmetry and the year 2000 and women and men. That's a different problem. In the 1960s, that problem didn't concern me, and uh, I didn't have these. I, I have to be honest. Didn't have the. I didn't have sophistication as far as learning and knowledge to deal with it. What I have today, understand. Uh, most people, when they leave yeshiva, they stop learning. Most rabbis go into the rabbinate, so they stop learning. And they, what they, all their learning centers around the rabbinate. Understand what they have to prepare for their congregants. And you see, rabbanim who learned with me in the yeshiva, who are bright fellows. You see them 30, 40 years later. They have remained exactly where they were 30, 40 years before. And I'm not criticizing them. It's the, it's the nature of the beast. It's like a medical doctor who doesn't improve his medical knowledge. Understand? It's not the best of doctors, by the way, because a medical doctor has to keep abreast of what's happening in the field. I had a bracha. I'll call it a klala, whatever you wish. I don't care. But... Uh, I had a key, I kept on developing, developing, learning, learning, learning until today. I mean, I always learn material that has nothing to do with you, nothing to do with the Shia. I have to learn because I have to learn. And, and also due to the challenge of the Shayurim over the years, I had to develop certain levels, knowledge and understanding. So I have to be honest with you, in the 1960s, I didn't have the depth I have today. Uh, so I had to marry up on him. Everyone signed. I signed too. Today, it's a different story. Today, I have to tell you honestly, and after knowing, again, what I refer you to, again, no one has come up with the Rabbi Christwood story. But if I tell you that's one of the biggest, the biggest Chil Hashems in history of Torah in America, but the problem is no one knows, no one remembers, no one cares. We're all out there making a buck. And there are a few individuals that, uh, that look at it a little differently. But uh, I don't know today how, how quickly I would sign. I did sign a few years ago for a Talmud of mine. And that was a different story. That was a Talmud in the Kola, a very famous case, Rabbi uh, Benjamin Bla- Binny Blau. It's a case that some of you are familiar with. And there I said publicly that although I now have reservations about a Hetamei Rabbanim, but in this case, I would sign a fast. And I wound up in America, and while I'm in America, they found out, they heard it was in America, and they came to me to sign. And Baruch Hashem, I signed, and he got the Hetamei Rabbanim, after which he did take the get. So I believe she took the get. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, he's remarried and happily remarried. Today he's the Rav of Elizabeth. So uh, uh, that's the Hetamei Rabbanim. But nevertheless, in the case we're talking about here, this already is a case that uh, I'd have to be, I'd have to be an abdicator not to Hetamei Okay. That's a different problem. In other words, I have to be an absolute lot, you know. And this is a time, again, I can have certain principles. One has to be flexible. Understand, that was Meir Kahane. I've often spoken about Meir to haunts me. But the Howard Beach experience destroyed Rev Meir. And he didn't have that resilience after, which had to be a team player. So I can have, I'm sure Rav Soloveitchik, I, I can tell you about the Rav. He never, ever converted a child. 
never, I don't know if you can hear it with adults, I heard this from the rubber, it's on a tape, you can hear it on a tape, it spoke away. They never got involved in conversion, you know, you can be, you can convert a child on that baton, you know what I'm talking about? But you're taking a big risk because the whole conversion of a child on that baton is that the child is going to grow up and be from. If, if the child is going to be raised in a home that's not from, it's not a schut for the child, it's a chovah for the child, not only that, the child can turn 13, 14, find out he's adopted, and be mocha. And you have a tremendous halachic problem. Is he a Jew? Isn't he a Jew? Uh, particularly if, if, if the day turns bar mitzvah. Now, I'll give you a classic case. The day turns bar mitzvah. The kid says, I don't want any part of this. What do I have to be? Uh, I want to live like Clinton. What do I need this Torah for? But the Rub said once he did a conversion. Why? It was people, Balabatan admirers of his from Boston. He knew that the kid would be raised absolutely from, they were B'nai Torah. So there, the Rav broke his principles. So the same thing with Hetamei Rabbanim. I can give a whole lecture, Rabbi Sauer, versus Rabbi Soloveitchik, versus Rabbi Wurzberger, and, and thank God I uncovered the Rav. I now, I, in my book, I cite exactly where you can hear the Rav saying that he never, he boasted, that he never signed the Hetamei Rabbanim, because he believes Bismana said there should be symmetry, and if she can't be married, he can't be married, period. That's what the Rav said. Nevertheless, when it comes to a question like this, we certainly have to be flexible. And the proposal is a wonderful proposal. Now, on a technical level, how do you work it out? How do you work it out? This is, this is, uh, this is the, this is the problem. Each Agun left after World War II, you're talking in terms of, of, of hundreds of thousands. Each time you're gonna get ahead, the mayor up on him. Oh. So, he says something here fabulous. He says, what he proposes is ingenious. That you come up with a heta mayor abonim, and this heta is a blanket heta. In other words, it gives everybody as they see fit. It's what we call in beautiful modern Hebrew. I just, uh, uh, Jack, I just asked the boys about, uh, about Rabarin's two sperm that we want to get. So, uh, so Avi Willick says to me, oh, that's the safer written like Marev. You follow me? But I didn't know what he was saying. He meant that it's Matan Hebrew like you're reading Marev. So I said, what's the Chisarin? That's beautiful. But in Matan Hebrew, they use a, word, a beautiful word, Blanco. The Tati Lecha Chet Blanco. These were, it took me 10 years living in Israel to figure out what it means, check blanco. It means a blank check. Say it, blank check, check blanco. You can go out of your mind. I now know Hebrew so well, Baruch Hashem, that I can assure you, whenever I see a word that I don't grasp in Marev and Yudin Yudiyad, all it is is a transliteration of some English word. You can go out of your mind trying to figure out, you know, what, what, what the word is. So, uh, so, uh, what he's saying here, very ingenious. You're going to give a Hetamei Rabbanim that will state essentially that every Beitin Ba'ashechu Shem has a right to attach themselves to this Hetamei Rabbanim and to permit the Agun from World War II to remarry. Now, how do I know he has the right, the right to do this? So interesting, he quotes, in, right here, he quotes the Bach and he calls Zikaini HaBach. So right away you see his Yichas, he's an article from the Bach. He has bigger yichas, you understand that. Anikul from the Bach doesn't mean too much because by, by this time in the world, there have to be tens of thousands of anikulach, some are from, some are not from, some are goyim lord, you know, what happens the course of time. But he says he's an anikul from the Bach, but then he quotes his grandfather, the Tzenzava Rav. So you see he's an anikul also, Rav Chaim Sanzava. That's already, that's already bringing it close to home. And he says 
that the tradition with Rabbeinu Gershom, this you can check out, by the way, in the Encyclopedia Talmudica, there's an entire entry on Cherem the Rabbeinu Gershom, and it's a wonderful, wonderful entry dealing with, with the Cherem and dealing with actually the, 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 what was included in the Cherem and various, you know, because we don't have, no one owns the Cherem, no one has the Cherem. What did this? Somebody Haramim attributed to him, you know, opening letters, uh, it's right down the line. What did he really asa the, the, the get ripping up? There's so many versions, and the encyclopedia goes back where we find the earliest versions of the traditions. But what is attributed for him is that why did he establish a hundred rabbis from three states, because or three medinot, whatever it means. I use the word three states, three countries. Basically, you know what the proper translation should be? Three localities. Why did he establish a hundred rabbis from three localities? Because what bothered Rabbeinu Geshem, he was taking a drastic step. He was changing Torah law. Torah law, a man can remarry, a man can have two wives, a man can have three wives. Now, by the time of Rabbeinu Geshem, no Jew, in matter of fact, if you look at the Gemara, how many Amorayim, how many Tanayim do you find that had more than one wife? I mean, it's obvious that having one wife already became ingrained in the Jewish people at the time of Chazal, who knows, maybe even by a Cheney, uh, well, by the way, this leads us to a philosophic question, which which is not for us to go into now. But I think what we see from all this is very simple. The Torah was given within the context of a certain society. And therefore, there were certain prohibitions that you have in the Torah, certain prohibitions you don't have, because you come along in this type of society, you're not going to having more than one wife. Okay? But maybe it was an ideal that you should only have one wife. Uh, I, Rav Cook's entire thesis on vegetarianism. Okay, Rav, you know, Rav Cook held that the whole concept of eating meat was a compromise with the baser instincts in man. And really, man should be able to uh, not eat meat and vegetarianism. And he, and he developed the whole theory like this. The only problem I have with Rav Cook, and in my own life I'm close to it, I uh, basically uh, I eat meat, but, uh, you know, really if I have a choice, if, if whenever I go out to eat and uh, people walk, excuse me, Say the Nathan Schmeichens, whenever I go out to a decent restaurant, I always order fish. If I'm at a wedding and I can order fish, order fish, whatever it is. But, but there's one problem with Rav Kook. What's the problem? The problem is not Nathan's, the problem is Korban Pesach. See, that problem is insoluble. The Torah commands you to eat meat, how can you be a vegetarian? In other words, I can get away, I don't eat meat in Purim, I don't eat meat in Shabbos, I don't eat meat in Yantif. All this I can get away with. Because to me, the halacha says, if you don't like meat, a milkshake is a bigger treat, the, the say that, alright, I have a cheesecake before my, having my freezer, Sarah Lee, chocolate chip cheesecake, believe me. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, uh, I have my freezer, salmon, Baruch Hashem. But, carbon Pesach, we never solved. Now, what I'm dealing with here, by the way, if those of you familiar with Moran Avuchim can see where my thinking comes from. This is the whole concept. Now, and again, I don't want to get into it, because when you get into philosophy, it'll take me far abreast. Also, I, we can't know whether we're right or wrong. You understand? Philosophy is not halacha. Halacha, you have to reach a conclusion, you have to fit yourself in, and you know whether you're right, wrong, there's at least a way to go. Philosophy, it's yatna tuya. And uh, it's old Hayat Natuyah. It's under Rambam Shita, with Avodas Kachavim, you know, even why, why, why we can't use a razor, why we can't wear sharpness. It's Meredith, what the Moran of Uchim says. 
And yet, if you take it literally, that it's all the result of ancient civilization, so then you can reach a conclusion, as many did, that you don't have kabonet. You look at the, you look at the Mishnah Torah, you, you, you don't see one trace of the Moranavuchim in the Mishnah Torah. And it's a classic problem. Many have tried to solve it, many have written on it. All I can do is, I'm not any smarter than my Rebbe, believe me. And all I can do is quote the Rav, uh, which I think I have in my book as well, where he says, even the Rambam didn't succeed in bridging this gap. In other words, the Moranavuchim remains the Moranavuchim, the Mishnah Torah remains the Mishnah Torah, and it's two different hats, it's two different people. It's what Aaron Rakefit says. One is the Rambam in the classroom, the other one is in the Rambam in the rabbinate. In the rabbinate, in Maplewood, New Jersey, South Orange, New Jersey, believe me, I said things I didn't believe. But I said it, in the classroom, I don't believe I've ever said something I don't believe. If, if, I, if I have a reputation, a wife of one of the fellows in the cold, I didn't even know it was my student, he came to three shurim last year, four shurim, guys here, they claim they're my students, I see them twice in ten years, and so this guy's wife came over to me, and she said, Rabbi Rakef, and I'm so honored to meet you, my husband tells me you're fearless, you always speak what's on your mind, I looked at her, what a big compliment, if that's a compliment, i got to resign from teaching Torah, imagine a rabbi is fearless, because he says the truth, what he believes to be the truth, okay, but, but you see with Rabbeinu Gershom, What's happening here is, while let's use a word, he's modernizing religion, he's bringing it up to date, fine, beautiful, good, he's, he's answering the feminists, uh, you understand? But look what he's doing. He's creating an unbelievable problem. Because until now, lower Lenu, if your wife disappeared, you had a solution. Until now, if your wife couldn't have children, you had a solution. Remember, what's marriage for? One of the basic reasons of marriage is to have children, the Jewish people. I mean, these are words that the Western world doesn't tolerate, you understand. But this is absolutely so. Uh, uh, I saw a card today, it was just amazing, after giving a whole talk of Western civilization vis-a-vis -vis about dealing with sex. And Midrashat Maria, as I'm riding home, I see a car with a sticker, live and let live in English. That's exactly the Western world, live and let live. Imagine, say to them, you have a responsibility to Jewish people. Tell that to someone in Savion or in, or in Aviv Gimel. You have, they'll, they'll laugh you out of that. Of, it's unbelievable. You understand? The Western world versus Torah. And Rabbeinu Gershom is cutting off that safety valve. What about Lo'aleinu? Let's take the worst possible scenario. And I've seen this. Lo'aleinu. A man goes insane. A man goes insane. Lo Aleno, I have a case now. It's a case in the old city. Gutzel Uphitten. A brilliant Talmud Chacham. Eight years ago, he suffered a stroke. He's like an imbecile today. His wife has been in a guna for eight years. The man cannot give a get. You understand what I'm saying? She has no life with him. He's, in, he's institutionalized. He cannot give a get. So far, I've pleaded with my daughter, Rabbi. It's a tremendous problem because the truth is he doesn't know how to say Shema Yisrael. The problem is that his family has intervened with Rabbi Yashem. I mean, people are terrible. People are so selfish. Let Gedoli Yisrael deal with it. Why do you intervene? Why do you prejudice them? The man can say Shema. If a man can say Shema, it shows some level of knowledge. Maybe we can work with him and be satisfied who he's giving again. He knows what he's... You understand what I'm saying? But okay, this is the most terrible tragedy possible. The man is insane. The man cannot give a get. The woman is an agunah. It's a terrible problem. Guts are up hitting if that happens. The truth of the matter is it's very rare because most people who are insane are schizophrenic. When people are schizophrenic, it's eaten cholam, eaten shaitim. Read Rothkov's article on the Cleves Getter, Rothkov's MA thesis, and, and, and you'll see there he deals with it. Of course, at the time that I dealt with it, in, in, at the time that in the earlier lifetime I dealt with it, 
Rav Moshe's Tshuva was not yet available. You understand what I'm saying? Today you already have Rav Moshe's Tshuva. You know what I'm talking about. Ibn Ezra 120, the unbelievable Tshuva of, of the guy in, in the, when Rav Moshe was Rav outside of Minsk in the 1920s. So this guy's a from guy. He fights to lay in. He's a Baltviller. He's a Balkari. He's everything good. He's fine. He's this. And his wife comes crying to Rav Moshe. My husband, I don't know what to do. My husband is crazy. I want him to give me a get. So Rav Moshe says, what is he doing? And the wife tells him, Every Thursday he goes to the marketplace and he gives the Jews Musa when they're shopping for Shabbos. He gives Musa in the marketplace in his birthday suit. And the police arrest him, bring him back to the ghetto and the wife is embarrassed and, they, and Reb Moshe calls the man in and says, Is this true that, that you give Musa without clothes on? And the man says, Avada Rebbe, certainly I give Musa like that. And he tells Reb Moshe, I'm, when I give Musa Rebbe, I'm like, Adam Harish and Kodam Achet. I have no need of clothes. It's right there, Ebenezer. Kuf, 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 look in, you'll see it. So Reb Moshe has to deal with an unbelievable question. The Zitin Cholam, Eitan Shaitim. This is the whole problem of schizophrenia. Uh, the, it, it, what is a schizophrenic? Is it, a, is it an abnormal person who at moments appears to be normal? Or is it a normal person who has moments of abnormal, of, 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 of insanity. And this is a very delicate question. This was the Cleves get. There's a lot of literature on this. But that can come as a in night, so you can crawl out of it somehow. When the man is insane, what do you do if the woman went insane? So here you had a solution. Now the woman's lib is, of course, on this choke, and the truth is they're right. From the point of view of symmetry, there's nothing we can answer, except this is a divine law. If the woman is insane, the man can't give her a get. She's not a baldad. She's, she doesn't know how to like small guitar. But he can get a het the mayor rabbanim to remarry. This is the case that shook up America with, with Rabbi Chris, where you understand, this is exactly the case. The woman in Los Angeles married to a satma, multimillionaire. The woman, I met the woman years later, I couldn't believe my eyes. She, a movie actress. We banish Shalalem, they, they, I just saw a picture of, let the tape pick it up, let the tape record the Rebbe's taste in women. I just saw a picture of Madonna, guns, won an award. If that's what they call beauty today, I'm not part of it. If Madonna and I want to, on, 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 on an island, it would be the end of humanity. That's all I can tell you. We punish on, that is, I know that they refer, maybe, maybe I'm sick, maybe I don't understand what's going on in the world, maybe everyone lived, that's, Gave an award for some. She sings all fine. Gave an award for Shmamis. Sold the million tapes of Hashayurim on the Zohar. That's a different story. She's a Makubel that you don't know. She, she, I heard her on the interview today. She studies Kabbalah, she studies Zohar. She knows more than I do in Zohar. That's why I, but Azam Nieskite, this win, I don't believe my eyes. I said, that's the woman. Yeah, they're telling me we were in a restaurant in Los Angeles. It was uh, Spielberg's mother's restaurant, or whatever it's called, the, the, the Milky Way, whatever it's called. I think the Milky Way. So, uh, the Satma, Ragilbov, a Kotzba, the Gemara Nida, the Flamad Aleph, they're making millions of dollars, they're part of the world, they're Minuvalim. Let's call a spade a spade. So, of course, he didn't want to make a joint property settlement, he's a multimillionaire, got hold of some doctor, gave him five The doctor wrote, she's insane. He got hold, let the man rename nameless. I've mentioned his name many times already. Gave him 50 grand. And he wrote out a het the mayor Rabbanim. It came back to America. The chief rabbi signed on it. Rabbi Moshe signed, others signed. When the story broke, there was all hell. The woman is as normal as, as, as anyone sitting in this room. More normal, sane, feet on the ground. Rabbi Moshe had to publish an ad withdrawing his signature, that he was misled. You understand? It was all over the world. It was unbelievable. Rabbi Moshe had to publish an ad, 
at his own expense, withdrawing his signature, looking to Jewish press. He signed the head the mayor. What happened? Nothing. I'm a novel blight the novel. What happened? He had a head the mayor. He had five pilagshim. What's the difference? So he had one, two, three, five. The satma. Just because the guy says satma, why you guys always feel inferior? Guy says satma. I don't feel inferior to anyone. The only one I kiss the guy can learn better than me. He's a bigot tzaddik than me. I kiss his fingernails. He can't learn better. He's not a bigot tzaddik. I I treat I, I treat to treat him nicely. Having kabel kavodam to save a panim yafot. After all, I, mean, I can't be, I have to listen to Chazal. But uh, oh boy, doesn't impress me one bit. I'm a YU person, a Talmud of the Rav. I stand on my two feet, firm and solid. So you see, the Rabbeinu Geshem was worried stiff. He's closing off a halachic safety valve. And this is absolutely true. He's closing off a halachic safety valve. And I have to tell you, with all the, the symmetry in the world, imagine a guy is married to a woman who, be, who goes absolutely insane. And there's no way you can give her a get. And the guy is 25 years of age, 26 years of age, 27 years, in the prime of life. Pardon me, you've got to be insane not to sign ahead the mayor upon him. I, a woman can't have such a luxury. It's terrible. As a Western person, I suffer. I don't understand it. I surrender to the Word of God. There's a boundary. I can't go beyond it. There's a divine law. There's nothing I can do. But with a male, we have a solution. Do something. Ah, so that's what Rabbeinu Geshem was worried about. That's why he came up with this idea a hundred rabbis in three different communities. Why did he pick the three different communities? And that's obvious. He wanted to be sure there's no hanky-panky. Wanted to be sure it's legitimate. Uh, let's take it on the, uh, uh, on, on the upright side. Let's be done the Rabbanum Lakapschot. Rabbis think differently. So you have one community, it's Satma. Another community is Litvish. A third community is Shas. If they all agree, it's a sign already that it's a valid Heta. Or... Rabbis are under pressure. Now let's take it on the lower level. Rabbis are under pressure. Balabatim of Balabatim. Even the greatest Rebbe who ever lived, Moshe Rabbeinu, look what he suffered from Klal Yisrael. Look what he suffered from his Balabatim. Look how he has to die with everyone else because the Balabatim brought him to anger. Okay? So if Moshe Rabbeinu was subject to pressure, Arach HaTam local Rabbanim, so therefore if you require three communities you have a safety valve that the rabbis, you can be fairly certain this is legitimate, this is upright. Now, what the tradition remained from Rabbeinu Geshem, and this is what he quotes the Bach, and he quotes, he quotes the, the, the sons of Arav, I mean, he says, what do we see from this? That Rabbeinu Geshem left it, Lefi HaTzorech, Lefi HaShah, Lefi HaZman. And that's quoting the Bach, and that's quoting the Sansva, and that's exactly what I explained to you. I'm not so smart, but when I see it in print, I understand already what, what the Binyan Svi is saying, and what he's quoting his elder, his elder Zayd is, and this is Takar Pshat, this is the way you have to view it, this is the way you have to understand it. And if this is the case, it means in every generation, 
the Rabbanim are at liberty to understand or to interpret Rabbeinu Geshem's backdoor solution in accordance with the problems at that time, at that moment, at that moment in history, at that moment in time. Now, I can give you another example before I even go further with Rabbeinu Geshem. Here in the state of Israel, uh, when they do give a Hetamayor Rabbanim, and I have to say, it's not given freely anymore. In other words, if you know the history of the but they did him here, at first they gave it quite freely. Then they gave it only to a Dota Mizrach. And a Dota Mizrach, I know cases where people apply to the Baton with a Hetamayor Rabbanim, and again, it's, it's a question of sociological and psychological realities. To, to understand me, we think we're on a higher level because we only have one wife. Or if I can reverse it, our wives would never let us take a second wife. I can't picture Ilana Strauss permitting her husband to take a second wife. Okay? Well, 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 look what I'm saying. But if you were raised in a society where that was the norm, there's nothing wrong with it. And there were cases in Israel when I lived here, in the 30 years I've lived here, in the 60s and to the 70s, where men petitioned the Beitin, they wanted a second wife. And their wives agreed. There was no problem. As long as they had no children with the first wife, they got a heta from the Beitin to take a second wife, as long as they could show that ample financial resources to support both wives in two different apartments. And if you want an example, Lahefech, the Baba, uh, what do they call him, the, the, the Baba Baruch, Baruch Abu Hatzira, uh, he had a girlfriend. He had a girlfriend. What was her name? Rachelev, Ednelev, you know, from woman. She went to Mikvah. She was his Pilegish. This is before he became the, the uh, he succeeded his father. He had a Pilegish. There was no problem. His wife, her, her, her father had two wives. Her grandfather had two wives. And he said, when he was challenged, he said, the rabbinate is at fault. They wouldn't give me a heter because I already had children with my first wife. Later, when he became the Baba Baruch and the so-called Baal Shiva, he felt it wasn't nice, so he made a settlement. He gave her $50,000 and they went away and parted, written up on all the papers. This is in the 1970s, early 80s, whenever it was. Made for good copy. But... Into his mentality, he did nothing wrong. His wife was perfectly willing. So you have to understand that in terms of the Hetamera Bunim in Israel, it was Nahuk. By the 1990s already, Rabbi Gorin turned it around. Rabbi Gorin time and again said exactly what the Rav said. That a sign of modernity is only to have one wife. And it's time that the Edotam is Rach moved into the modern world as well. There were some conflicts, Rav of education, it became less and less. But, here's what I want to tell you. In the state of Israel, there was no concept of Hetamei Rabbanim. The concept was, both chief rabbis had to sign. That's the law of the land. And why? What gave them the right? Because when Rabbeinu Geshem left the back door open, he left it open in a fashion, again I quote, yet and he left it in the hands, if that's the case, in the state of Israel, the chief rabbin has the authority. What's your check and balance? 
two chief rabbis had to sign. Now, as time moved on, that became very rare. You understand what I'm saying? Because Rav Goren already made a stand only in cases where there was real tzorach hashah, only then, but stam to let a maneuver, I'm now using our language. And by the way, this is prejudiced language because this is reflecting our lifestyle. Who says I'm right? But this is the reality of the way we live. To me, a guy who has a wife and a pilegish, there's a guy in Lakewood, right? They say he has a wife and a pilegish, two different apartments. He's a maneuver. In my humble opinion, it's he's a maneuver. But in the opinion of someone who grew up in Aleppo, whose wife had, uh, was the daughter of a man that had two wives, her grandmother shared the husband with another woman. They find, they grew up with it, they lived with it, they liked it, they loved it. My wife always says it was fabulous. They shared the housework, they shared the responsibility. Do you understand? It's a different concept. We, our wives, our way of thinking, to me is a maneuver. You understand what I'm saying? That, but the chief rabbinate didn't require a hundred signatures. So, he's absolutely right. And then he says, so it's very, very important, this is absolute head-on, Halachically, he's 1,000% right. And it's amazing how you guys got out of me the secret about the Prime Crisworth. Now, you checked it out with Rav Shacht. I want to see. I, I can't believe that. I'm the only person that remembers what went on in the world. It can't be. I don't know. Who the heck am I that I remember? And, and everyone else, you get, get, the world, it's all forgotten. The past is forgotten. You check it out. Get back to me. Let me know from your obey in America. If they remember the big scandal. I was living here. I remember they sent me from America the ad in the Jewish press where Rabbi Moshe says, I mistakenly signed. I retract my signature. I was misinformed about the facts. Signed, Rabbi Moshe Feinstein. On that case, I'd love to see the book. Oh, if you have that, I'd love to see it. I'll Xerox it. Believe me, today with the Xerox machine, you have a copy, I have a copy. Within 10 minutes, upstairs in the office, they treat me like a king. The only place I'm treated like a king is in the office upstairs. It's a pleasure. Treated like a king. Ah, great. Hershel, make me happy because these guys are looking at me. I made it up. Now they first understand why when that maneuver attacked me, he ripped that I wish we would have taped it. No one could believe it, you, that tape. I could have made a fortune. I would have had a Grammy like Madonna, except I think I'm better looking than she is. What can I tell you? Uh, I would have had a, a, a bestseller. No one, no one can understand. Well, I didn't get upset. You understand? The poor Hutton was Hutton felt terrible. He was crying. I said, "What are you crazy? I'm going to get upset." His parents came to see me. They thought that you know, I don't get upset. But on that, to get upset, that maneuvers attacking me. I'm going to get upset. We banish It was very simple what happened that day. But that's a different story. Back here. Anyway, beautiful Hirsch. We got a deal. We got a deal. Now. Then he says, and this is what he says last week, he says it again, And he says, come on, this generation, thousands, tens of thousands, what a proposal. Quotes the Bach. He quotes Skeni HaBach, Siman Kuf Memalef. Tells the following story. Kadarim Kavshulia, Kadarim is Yishmelim. Vahagu, Veneshadim Cholchu Bishevi. Ukishachu Liftot Lomatsu Isha Achat. Vahakru Chetei, Velonit Vadami Menoklum Dalit Shanim, Vanish Shvuyim Loda Uet Nishtom, Yom Shnich Bishai, Bishumakom. Kamacher Yit Shraisha Hatna Hereget, Bena Rugim, 
Now, the case there is exactly the case of the Holocaust. See, he quotes the Bach. He says, my, my, my great-grandfather was Matipashefi, a similar case. What was the case? city was conquered by, by Kadarim, Kadarim Yishmelim. Generally speaking, the Yishmelim did not kill women. See, this is something that I remember in Israel, when there were certain terrorist attacks, women, children killed. I remember Arabs saying, Israeli Arabs, who were decent, decent human beings. Remember, an Arab should not be hated. An Arab is a human being, has human dignity. I only hate an Arab when he lifts up a stone to throw at me. But an Arab is an Arab. To give him the, so decent human beings, so they said, look what the PLO has done to Arab mentality, that they kill women and children, something an Arab would not do. So you see, these Arabs conquered the city, and they took everyone into Shefi. When they redeemed, the Jews paid the ransom and got the people out of, out of, out of captivity, this woman was missing. And nothing was heard from her. Four years have gone by. Then someone said testimony. He thinks among the men killed, he saw one woman's body. Wasn't sure. Maybe that's her. No testimony that it's her. Just that there was one woman killed, which was odd. It was a little bit off the beaten path for the Arabs to kill a woman. But, what do we see from here? He was mate without Hetamei Rabbanim. He felt for Agun, that was sufficient. Well, what his great-grandson is saying, that if he could be mate in such a case, without a Hetamei Rabbanim, then, certainly in our case, we can certainly be mate, if we add a Hetamei Rabbanim, it makes it, all the stronger. And he goes on and on. He quotes from Rav Shlomo Kluka, a similar case, a woman that drowned, Maim Shemla himself, the Avad Zichra. And there he's Matir with a Hetameir Rabbanim. So you see, he didn't want to be Samech on the Trey Rubei alone, or it's before the Trey Rubei was so established by Rav Shlomo But one thing you see from here, that if you take the two together and you have both the Het, the Meir Abanim, and the Baton can apply it where they think it's applicable, you have a golden rule that no one can contest, and you have no shash whatsoever. Because Mitzad marrying his sister-in-law, he won't do it because it's a Het, the Meir Abanim. If his wife comes back because the Het, the Raguna, or the Het, the Ragun was not valid, so what? With the other, a man can have more than a wife. Whichever way you go, you don't have a problem. And, and then he goes in, he starts describing the situation. All of those that were in the ghetto, the absolute majority died. In other words, if you can say testimony, I last saw my wife in the ghetto, she died. Those that were sent away to work, the absolute majority ultimately died. And we know this. Why did they take workers? They took healthy workers, worked until they got sick. The minute they got sick, they let them die, brought them more healthy workers. We all know this. And, and he says, and if you have testimony that she was in a concentration camp, the absolute majority died. He compares the concentration camp to falling into a bar, malay, nechashim, diak, rabim. 
He says, logically speaking, a person falls in to a, to a lion's den. Let's use an example we know. A person is thrown into an oven. You don't survive. A lion's den, you don't survive. Uh, you're thrown in with scorpions. You don't survive. The concentration camp. And then he goes in to Reblezimevadun. Twelve months have passed. And, and he says, with all these concepts and particularly once again he goes into the, the, the searching out the checking of the list the he says you don't even need 12 months once they check out all the list he sees his night wife is not there we absolutely have the prey rube and if we can be matir and if we can be matir the the um, the man are you trey rube be matir the woman we're marrying that the man is dead Alacha kama we can be matir the man, and with the het the mayor abanim in the background, we have the best vehicle whatsoever to be matir and to save the Jews. Bunidan dindan that listen to the words me'az haya am Hashem legal lo haya chubno rakazeh, and there was never a tragedy like this. And this is certainly milta delo shchiach. It never happened before. And it's shata dechakadol. How are you going to get a hundred rabbis each time? It absolutely appears to me that we can do a hundred rabbis one time and put the power into the hands of the Baitin. And and he paskins like this goes on to bring more sources and more sources that it's a shas a shas. Sakana, uh, uh, so many men are single, the Jewish people are in such trouble, when all is said and done, it's a dinder abonan, and he says, absolutely, we should do this, halachal amaisa. And he, and he says, I plead with every Rav and Talmud Chachem to please sign, l'mitzvah rabah yechashev, he flung to the waters that were flooding at the time of creation. He should say, die to our tzorot. He's writing to all the rabbis, and before he was the Poseik and the Moritzedek in the Kehila Kadoshan Witsen in Hungary. And um, it's just unbelievable. The courage, the guts, and then afterwards... Right to hit the mayor Rabbanim and pleading with the rabbis to sign and make this operative. Uh, you listen, you have to give a man like this credit. Now, the next Siman, Siman Nun, is fascinating. Nothing came of it. Why did nothing come of it? Because here there was tremendous opposition from the Satmar Rebbe. And why? And you come back to uh, the whole problem of halachic thinking. When can you be innovative? And when can't you? Can't you be innovative? It's an interesting question. You know, the Gemara, the Gemara in uh, Chulin, I believe it's Tafzayin, 
I don't know I once said I don't know if Jack recalls if Jack was here I once said Shimon that for a few weeks that you see the Torah Shema Pets when I said in Machshava the Halach Machshava blend into one remember we spoke last week who owns the Torah Shema Pets we spoke last Monday morning who owns the Torah Shema the Talmud Chacham owns it remember we quoted the Beit HaLevi the Rebbe was building on the Beit HaLevi that Torah Shema is written on a cloth and Torah Shema is written on the heart of every Jew who studies Torah Shvapen. This is why a Talmud Chachem has a din of Tashmish uh, Kedusha. He's not just a Tashmish Mitzvah. It's the, I, I'm quoting the Rav, but it's the, the Rav is quoting the Beit HaLevi. The Rav elaborated. We did it all last Monday morning. So, you see, part of Torah Shvapen is Makam God left for either in every generation. It's the whole Gemara with Rabbi Akiva. I mean, it's a merit the Gemara. The whole conservative movement Proves the whole conservative movement on the Gemara Menachot. You know what I'm talking about? That Moshe Alala Moram, and he hears Rabbi Akiva, and, 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 and Moshe is, uh, is all upset, Rabbi Akiva is dashing, he can't understand him, and then suddenly Moshe Rabbeinu hears, Halachal Moshe Misinai, and Moshe Rabbeinu feels better. And the conservative movement, they, they, you can write on Shabbos due to that. that is, they don't know what they're talking about. By the way, my son-in-law has a meridic piece which again, it's one of those pieces that you got to be a brilliant guy to read and understand, but it's a meridic analysis of that Gemara. My son was a giant of giants, but he doesn't, if he would pull himself together, he has thoughts and the computer and put it together and publish the world, he would be all over the world, but all right, I guess uh, maybe he has that, maybe he doesn't have the Sahara. and also you have to, you see, it's very important to pull yourself in. He's busy teaching here, busy teaching there, yeah, need Panasa. It's not simple. You know, look, a, a person like that, the world should say to him, look, teach half-time and we'll give you a salary full-time and publish and write. But anyway, the Pshat thing about it is very simple. It's nothing to do with writing to Shul and Shabbos. The Pshat is very simple. That Torah Shabbat Peh belongs to every Talmud Chacham. And the Shodim belongs to you. God left room for every generation to wear a Chiddush. But the heart of it is Halacha, Lamoshim Sinai. But the Chiddush has to be within the Torah context. It has to be within the confines, within the parameters. You can't come along and be matter. All right, a Jew can eat uh, fish in a trade restaurant. What does that have to do with, with Rabbi Akiva? It's, it's, it's a travesty. And they published that Gemara. They've published in the New York Times. Every ever Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur, whatever it is, they run an ad in the New York Times, Moshe Allah, with that Gemara and Rabbi Akiva. And that's the conservative movement. And in every generation, tradition and change, it's unbelievable. See, but the Satna Rebbe, you got to understand the background. Chadash Asumana Torah. So one time I was teaching this in BMT years ago, and a kid, about Chadash, I was teaching about Satma, about the, the Khatam Sofa, and a kid asked me, how come they use electricity? So I explained to him, it's that Chadash Asumana Torah doesn't mean inventions are forbidden. Not at all. Uh, no one from the Khatam Sofa Chug, what, they're not going to fly in a plane, not going to ride in a car, not going to use a computer? Of course they use it. Hadash Asumana Torah means innovation. And here the Satma Rebbe, he quotes in Shiva uh, uh, Nun, he quotes the Satma Rebbe, that the Satma Rebbe was opposed. Why? Because the Satma Rebbe said, this is a Kiddush we never saw before. What do you mean? To give a blanket, heta, meir abonim? Satma Rebbe said, we never saw this before. Throughout the generation, how were they matir? They treated it on a gun, like an aguna. Each case was treated individually. You had to bring witnesses. Obviously, 
the Baiton didn't lose that much sleep over it. Again, if I can make the comparison, when someone asks me a Shailah on Yantav Shani, I'm not going to lose sleep. If someone asks me a Shailah on birth control, I had a Shailah last night, there already I'm going to lose some sleep. It's a much more serious question. So, of course, an Agun is Yantav Shani, an Agun is birth control, or an Agun is Mamzerit. So, of course, but nevertheless, they never came along with a Ketamer Rabbanim. Then the Satna Rebbe says, see, it's interesting, he says something else here. Now this additional concept, see, it's amazing when measured against 1946, but it's not amazing. As a student of Torah history, I'm not amazed. And I'll tell you what I'm referring to. And this is what the Satna Rebbe was worried. Already a hundred years ago, people were advocating change in the halacha. It's unfair to women. Kedushin al the Rabbin in France. Let me give you many examples. What went on a hundred years ago? My dear students, the Sapp Rebbe was worried. You're going to come along with an innovation like this, a blanket, heta, mayor rabbanim. You're going to have endless Jews out there. Well, if you can do it for the men, why can't you do it for the women? You understand? Take a look now at the Lavi conference. Take a look now at Eida. The feminist conference. I don't, I don't want to be critical of Eidah because I don't know what happened at the last conference. When I find out, I'll form an opinion. I don't want to say, Abba, I understand that Rabbi Broder spoke very of, spoke very well against Rabbi Rachman at the Eidah conference. If that's the case, that it be complimented that they gave him the venue and he was able to use it properly. I know him and I'm very impressed by him. 90% of the way. When he starts, uh, I understand he's already give shurim, a woman doesn't have to cover her hair, bisman hazer, that I'm not impressed with. Because one has to, we're living in the world of Clinton. And when we start looking for kulis, if anyone wants to hear a shir why women don't have to cover their hair, I can give a shir too on that. So I'm also a litvak, I'm, not, I'm also not a dummy. But you've got to understand what world we're living in today. We're living in a world where the generic concept of the West Side has reached Jerusalem already. Where single girls in their 30s, lower lane, who are going to mikvah, no one's getting married, going to mikvah, no responsibility. And in a world like this, we've got to be idiots, pardon me, to come out that women, married women, don't have to cover their hair. All right? But I guess youth doesn't see the total picture. I'm a little older, so I see the total picture. Although I come from a world, I have to be honest with you, with all my rabbeim, whose wives covered their hair. The only rabbi I knew, whose wife covered her hair, was Rabbi Yosef Weiss. His wife was a great-granddaughter of Shinshu Fall. Here's the yakas covered their hair. All right, that was the only Rebbe I knew. I'm not, I'm not playing shtick with you. I, I understand very well. If I would tell you names, again, I don't want to be the only one to tell you all the secrets of American Torah, but Gedoli, 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 Israel who came to America whose wives didn't cover their hair. Then in America, the pressure began. Some of them covered earlier, some of them covered later. Rabbi Rudism's wife, they used to say, didn't cover her hair till it started falling out. She was the last holdout from the Metzat Gedoli Torah. But it was almost to be a member of the Metzat Gedoli Torah. In America, your wife didn't, didn't cover her hair. If your wife covered her hair, you couldn't be a member of the Metzat. Like today, they say, if you don't have a college degree, Rabbi Perlau, I say, understand, all right, someone's anger. But that was then. Now you're in the year 2000, the Clinton generation. We're so that I have to tell you, I heard someone gave a talk, wives, married women, sign me off. I disagree one million zillion billion percent. But when someone speaks against Rabbi Rachman at the Eta conference and presents a proper case, call a kabot. But you see, the Satma Rebbe was worried already. Because these people, see, this is the fear. It's like someone wrote so beautifully, 
uh, Jack Wertheimer's analysis of orthodoxy, or did I read it in the in, in in the tradition with all the different opinions on orthodoxy today? The sea change. This is the fear. This is a new conservative movement. This is the way the conservative movement began. Began with one simple concept: take the mechitza down. Egalitarianism. It's America. Take the mechitza down. People reacted beautifully. I have stories in Revel and Silver, particularly in Revel. You come into a synagogue at the 1920s. We'll give you a rabbi, learned erudite, speaks English beautifully, and you don't have to have men and women sitting separately. The Balabatim ran for it like hotcakes. You come out now with a proposal. Women will not have to suffer. We'll get rid of the Aguna problem. They can remarry. They can do this. Had the mayor up on him. If men can have it, women can have it. See? It's amazing. The Satma Rebbe already is saying this 1946-1947. I have to tell you, it's impressive. And, he, and there is truth to it. Because... There were already tremendous problems in America. Those of you who heard my classes in 1935 with, Rab- with the conservative rabbi, Rabbi Epstein, of, 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 of remember I gave Sheyurim, he came, he, entire volumes, you know what his proposal was? The night of the wedding. The man gives a get. It was unbelievable. You give the authorization for the get, the night of the wedding. Do you remember, Jack, remember I said, sure, that, the night of the wedding. I mean, it's unbelievable. And they were dealing with a real problem. They're going to problem. The night of the wedding, you give the proposal. And it's a tremendous problem. Why, how do you know the sofa, Adam, they're going to be alive? How do you know? They're here. They write. What do they do? The get has to be given 30 years from now. No, we're going to be, who knows who's going to be alive 30 years from, from those of us sitting in this room. What do we have? A contact with a Kaddish Baruch Young or old, by the way, has nothing to do with it. You understand? No one has a contract. No one knows. So, so uh, proposals were being made already. That what what the conservative rabbin and then and then the agudat harabbanim and and the battles that were fought. So the Satna Rebbe says, "Oh boy, that uh, you start in with this something that we never saw before. Uh, you're going to undermine all of Yiddishkeit." And 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 uh, the Satna Rebbe, and he he says it here. You know, what's good for the man is good for the woman. He spells it out. He quotes the Satna Rebbe. It's a terrible problem. And if and the Satna Rebbe is worried that if he says, "I have the mayor of Bunner, here it is word by word." If the men can remarry, why can't we remarry? And go and explain this man has said that you're an ever the writer and a man can have more than one wife. No one's going to listen. And and this is why the Satna Rebbe was opposed. And of course, on this issue, where the Satna Rebbe was opposed and there was good seichel behind it and strength behind it, so he backed down. Says something else here, probably also Satma. You see the thinking going on. See, there's something else too. And this too is very powerful. He says, What is Chayim the Rabbeinu Geshem? Chayim the Rabbeinu Geshem is a din the Rabbanon. The minute you start opposing a din the Rabbanon and you find the back way out, he says, What's going to happen? Bizman Hazar with all the other laws. And he says, we all know very well that the Gemara says, right or wrong. Sometimes with a rabbinic law, you have to be more machmed than a Torah law. Because people are on no telezalzel with a rabbinic law. He says, Allah hakama vakama bizman hazeh. you got to remember at that time after World War II, it's like I've said so many times, where were we? How many from Jews were there in the world? 
Remember my part. You know, sometimes I may be a dummy, but sometimes I say insight. Could you imagine Rabbi Hollander saying that, uh, that, that reforming conservatives aren't good schools of Judaism in 1946? Who paid attention? Who cared? Lock him in a cage. Put him away. Put him in a museum. As a matter of fact, the reforming conservative would give him money. A nice old rabbi reminds us of our grandparents. Our great-grandparents spoke that way. So a Zayn Gesund let him meet in a cage. He has no influence. There would have there would been no fuss, no nothing. Who would ever dream what's happened today? The Jewish agency is going under. All because of Rabbi Hollander. I just think what I'm saying to you. The Jewish agency. Gentlemen, I'm telling you, you know what's going on? I know what I'm talking about. Borg, the big idiot. Again, everyone is from. Everyone wears a kippah today. Everyone is from. Everyone is an apicolis with kippah on. So Borg, the pluralism, that became his game. He's going to bring pluralism to these people. It's amazing. They hate Judaism with a passion. They grew up. It's unbelievable. What kind of rebellion did they have? I ought to arrest their rebellion? Boy, at least my students become my friend, they become my friend, they become ministers and priests, but they don't hate Judaism with a passion. These guys hate with a passion. So, poor going to undermine orthodoxy, pluralism. So, it took five years. He Tucker undermined orthodoxy, undermined everything. But the Balabatim saw, no matter what Borg does, Aaron Rakefit is not going to accept the Reform Reverend. They saw, they can't budge us. So now they decided. Who needs the Jewish agency? They now form the new appeal that's going to take the place of the United Jewish Appeal and the money goes only to American institutions. Anyone that wants to give to Israel can give directly to Reform, Conservative. If you're a foolish Orthodox Jew, give to your Orthodox institutions. We don't get involved. The Jewish agency is in a panic. You know how many people, thank God, when I left, I didn't take a pension. I, I couldn't take it because I already had a pension. I, I took a settlement. Anyone on a Jewish agency pension, they're shivering because no one knows how they're going to have money to pay in a year or two. You understand? Read the papers. See what's going on. Rabbi Hollander made one statement. The world is shaking. But this is 1946. And I have to say, there's a lot of insight here. You'll be Matari Surin. All right, then you can write the Shulin Shabbos. You have the Chuv of the Responsum, that it's only the other sort of Responsum. Read the Responsum of, of Rabbis Friedman and, and Adler, and uh, who was the third one? Friedman, Adler, and Agus. Read the Responsum. Three boys who grew up in Orthodox homes. Two out of the three who, who had absolute good smichas. Uh, what are you talking about? Agus, is, Agus was a Talmud Mufak of Rabbi Meshe Salavachuk and Rabbi Revel. Uh, 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 Adler's father was the Mashkiach in MTJ when Rabbi Moshe came in from Europe to become one of the Rabbeim in MTJ. Who are you talking about? A freedom was, was the Yeshiva's was Chanan boy from the East Side. And they have a response in that that combustion couldn't be us because they don't know how to start cars at the time of Moshe. Therefore, it can only be the Rabbanim since it's only the Rabbanim. We can be maker. Read the response in. Fish in a trafe restaurant, Stamkli, ain't a benyom. I mean, it's unbelievable what they wrote. Stamkli, ain't a benyom. You see with your own eyes, pork, chaza, ham, all mixed together, taken out of the it, No, Stamkli, ain't a benyom. After all, it's shasat chak. You have to live. You may die if you don't eat. Fish, cooked fish, trafe restaurant, electricity. So, I have to tell you, Satna Rebbe, you know, got to give cover here. And, uh, Rab, Rab Maishel's back down. And he says, I have to bow to the wisdom of the Satna Rebbe, Bifrat Bedar Poritz 
כזה שכבר נשמע מהחפשים רחמנו ליצלן שרוצים לבטל כל החיים דרבנו גשם. They want to be מבטל חיים דרבנו גשם, they want to be other, other rabbinic laws. Therefore, I can understand the Satman Rebbe, we can't take any chances, and therefore I said, Shevi Al-Tasa, as, as wonderful as my proposal is, I said, Shevi Al-Tasa Adif. Unasugati achar melahotzi dava lepoel. And he says, I withdrew rather than make it halacha lamaisa. And then he passes the halacha. After 12 months have gone by, the doors have opened. People have had a chance to send letters to check out. And if they don't hear from their wives, then they have to go before a baitin. And with all the concepts I developed in relation to a woman in that previous job he's referring to with the Sveik Sveika, it would seem to me, even without Hetamei Rabbanim, just the baitin shall shlosha, he says, and this is what happened all over the Jewish world. Listen to this. See, it's very fascinating that with a man, and I don't know of any case, see, with, with the women, I know of two cases where she got a heta to remarry and the husband was really alive. I don't know of any case where the man remarried and the woman came back. Does anyone know of a case like that? I don't know of any. I don't know of any. Hirsch, did you ever hear? I never heard. See, it's interesting. It says, Lo Shimon, could be, I don't know, see, it could be that maybe if men survived, they were with the partisans, they had more of a chin. What was a woman? How could a woman? What, I don't know. Maybe just survival was harder for a woman. Couldn't go out, couldn't fight. I don't know. On the other hand, a woman's body is stronger than a man. I don't know. Very fascinating. I don't know of any case where the first wife came back. Of course, it wouldn't be a tragedy. He gives a get and uh, she can remarry. But I don't know of any case. I never heard. Never heard of any case. I know of two cases that made the famous case, of course, with Ralph Frank that I referred to before. That case, everyone knew about. That was frontline news it had to be 59. I was, I was, 59. I would say 58, 59. I was a senior. I was like at the end of yeshiva college. I graduated 59. It had to be just about then, because Rafsi Pesach died in 60, I believe, 1960, 61, right towards the end of his life. That case was front page news. The other case, I was already living in Israel, but the other case was the miracle that the woman had not remarried. That was the story with the daughter, with the man. You know the story? It was an unbelievable story. I was living it. I had to be 70 or 71, maybe 69. With my, my earliest, one of my earliest recollections, I remember in the newspaper, I was overwhelmed how Mara Vidya wrote it up. It was a big, big news. But the item was very simple, that this girl um, had come in on a summer program from South America, Argentina, Buenos Aires to be exact, and she met a man in Tel Aviv. And the man was twice her age, but it was a very uh, tight romance, fell in love, and uh, she wanted her mother to meet the man she was going to marry. Mother comes in from Buenos Aires, the man was her father. Could you? And the mother had a head to remarry, and she never found anyone to remarry. And it explains it, you see, psychologically, the man, what I tell you an hour ago, the man fell in love with his wife again in the image of his daughter. Who did she resemble? Her mother. 
She certainly resembled her mother more than anything because she only grew up with her mother. So she was a total replica of the mother in personality and in stance. And number two, the woman, this explains the other side of the coin. When Yitzchak Mordechai married this uh, girl half his age, so to me he's a maneuver. I don't care. I'm not here to argue with you fellas said, Rebbe, you don't understand. Or even some girls took his side in Midrashit Maria. To me he's a maneuver. You remarry a girl younger than your own daughter, to me that's a maneuver. I'm sorry, I don't understand it. But they told me about, I read about Shashi, Kochava, Kochava, whatever her name is, Kochavi. So I read about her life. Her father died when she was very young. Uh, then I understood already why she was willing. That he's a maneuver, he's a maneuver. But she was willing, it's very simple, because she lacked a father. She wanted a man in her life who was both a husband and a father image. So that this girl who never had a father fell in love with a man twice her age. She wanted a boyfriend and wanted a father image. And that's the story. Those are the only two cases I know of. And one was a tragedy, one was not a tragedy. It was a personal tragedy. I mean, I feel sorry for the girl. I don't know what happened afterwards. Like anything else, you hear the story, you don't know what happened afterwards. But he says, we didn't hear from any mechshol. And he answered, Hashem Yitbarach, Barov Rachamav, Chasadav, Yazav, Yigdar, Pratzach Yisrael, Veloishma Od, Shum Shod Vesheva, Begvulainu, Veniskela, Ramat Karen, Atorav, Ayurav, Ramat Karen, Yisrael, Bamherav, Yamenu, Amen, Ken Yihir, Atzona, Katan, Sviash, Maishlish, beautiful, beautiful individual. And this is the second shiv in this volume, and it's just overwhelming. I don't know of anyone else that wrote on that proposal and that uh, dealt with it the way he dealt with it. Okay. Let me go one step further because I have to end Mamish on time today. Uh, Rabarin is saying she understands at 7 o'clock. First of all, just let me say something about tomorrow. Can I begin at 9 o'clock? I know that you you have laning, vayachal, and slichas. What time do you daven tomorrow? 7.15. 7.15. Well, there's no way, I mean, God, that you guys must be the longest daveners in the world. Even in Satna, if you begin at 7.15 tomorrow, there's no breakfast tomorrow. I gather you fellas don't eat an, an, an estatinus. I, I, uh, <laughs> I want to make assumptions. I don't know the world in which I'm living. But I'll, okay, 9 o'clock is fine. I want to begin 9. I have a very busy, busy day tomorrow. I have, uh, I have to be Menachem I have problems. People... Uh, I try to keep... Uh, people are asked, where is Rabbi Rekhev? I barely know these people, but I... So I see they want tomorrow's the last day and the only the only day I can visit the only and it's the last day of Shiva because Shusham Purim there's no Shiva in Yerushalayim that's it there's no Niyagavel Fashkenasim it's a Machlekes the Raman the Shulchan Aruch so I have a busy day now at ten thirty we'll finish here and I'll talk about the Israeli political religious parties and I have my place set and I took everything down and prepared I have to be honest with you it's the first time I'm putting on a little play since my father died. The last play I put on was in 1980. I used to put it on in uh, in uh, Michala, Machal. It was a serious thing. Every year I put it on. And when my father died, I um, couldn't do it that year. Obviously, it was an availet. And then Rabbi Koopman made a certain comment. And at that point, there was a countdown. I wanted to get out. I was suffering. I was in a place that I was not comfortable anymore. I loved the girls, but I wasn't comfortable with with the administration. I didn't like what I was hearing. I was being set in other classes. I was, you know, thought, Ugh. so uh, I never put that play on again. So tomorrow I put it on the first time in many years. We'll come back and do and have a little fun together. A little bit different than what I did then because it represents already a different Rakefet. It represents Russia and everything else. Again, I don't have time to do everything I want to do. There's so much Kelefamal. Again, the Gemara we spoke about two weeks ago on Monday morning, I cried, Kelefamal, Akeik, Minhayam. 
Um, next week, the Noshirim. Not Sunday, not Monday. The reason is simply because Monday, Tuesday, I'm giving major lectures for YU, and I just need my energy sign. And Sunday, it totally exhausts me because I teach all morning, then I teach now. i got to have energy for Monday. I can't risk it because it's very hard for me to public lecture. It's not just the size of the audience. That's only one factor. The other factor is I don't know the audience, and I don't know what level to come in on. And I work very hard for paying this shayurim that everyone should gain, and yet those that are on a higher level will gain more. And on Monday's lecture, everyone will gain. Those that know the Rav will gain infinitely more. And those that know Rabbi Hartman and hear me let off a little steam will gain infinitely more. The masses will have the Shia. But I'm coming in also, I'm very limited by time because it's not like a Shia where I can end and say, gentlemen, this is what we did today, we pick up next week. So I have many points of exit, and that's a very difficult shear to give because you want to exit with a dava, a dava. For the women too, I prepared a totally different shear dealing with femininity, the feminine personality, uh, dealing with, with, with the women's prayer groups, Rabbi Meiselman, I'm letting off a little steam. But again, the women will be on three levels. Those that know nothing will have a shear that I hope I can make understandable, bring it across. Those that know the rub will have a lot more. Those that know the controversy over who the Rav was, will the real Rabbi Soloveitchik stand up, will walk out laughing and crying. Okay? But those sure take a lot out of me also. The size of the audience, when you're lecturing to can be 800, 900 people, uh, it's a different audience than lecturing to, uh, to, to uh, uh, 10, 20, or 30. Okay. Now, we have arrived. Rav Moshe Feinstein. But before I can come into Rav Moshe, I want to... I want to make you aware of a Gemara. Gemara in Yavamat, Tafkuf Chaf Aleph, Omid Aleph. The very important Gemara. Are all men created equal? Are all people equal? So, um, obviously, we all are equal. This is human dignity. The Rav once raised the problem who had more sanctity, the Vilna Gon or the Shoemaker in Vilna? And he dealt with it on uh, two levels, the level of a litvak, the level of a chassid. I'm going to deal with that, and, and not that example, but I'll deal with similar Torah uh, next Monday. However, there is a difference between us. What's the difference? Very interesting. For the sake of argument, Ira Kefe, Jack Levenstein, Hirsch Cooper, all right, we exist. How many people heard of us? How many people know we exist? Rabbi Lichtenstein, the whole world knows he exists. There isn't the Torah Jew alive who hasn't heard the name. That's Rabbi Lichtenstein. All right, I don't know where you want to put Rabbi David Miller. I, I would rather think he's in my camp, and, but maybe he's in Rabbi's camp. Halavai. Ain av makanev ivnovi, ain rav makanev betalmido. Halavai. But you understand what I'm saying? Well, we're all equal. But Rabbi Shalom, who didn't hear of Rabbi David Lifshitz? Who didn't hear of Rabbi Shalom Feinstein, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky? All right. Now, does this have halachic ramifications? It's very interesting. Alma Ravashi, Hadiyam Ru Rabbana, Mainshain Lahum Sofish, Tosura, Hani Mila, Beginish the Alma. Avot Sura, the Rabbanan, Sur Vadur Rabbanan, Low. The East, the Salik, Kala, Itlay. What does that mean? 
What does it mean? This is a very famous line in the Gemara. Gentlemen, when we disappear, we disappear. If we're found, who knows we're found? Joe Schmo was found. All right. Just saw an educational movie. One of my grand, my grandchildren, the Eisens, their great aunt, recorded three reels of educational cartoons for them. So another grandchild, we wanted to see it. I was listening slightly. I can't say it was really, but very interesting. Was dealing with with this concept of the Joe Schmo. That's the name they used. That he's a real person, Joe Schmo. Who is he? What are his rights to life, to dignity? All right, Joe Schmo survives. But a Talmud Chacham who survived, Suvadu Rabbanon, everyone knows about it. Everyone's talking. So it means that if a Talmud Chacham is on a plane, on a boat, in a concentration camp, if you didn't hear he survived, it's a sign he didn't survive. Because he does not get lost in the crowd. That's Ravashi. Now what's interesting is we don't paskin that way. However, the Gemara says listen to the Gemara, Velohi. No, we don't agree with Rashi. Loshna Nishtiara, Veloshna Tsuvadrabanan, the Yevadain, Lachathilala. We don't paskin that way. Lachathila, we can't be matter we marry just because we didn't hear he survived. If she did remarry, you don't force her to divorce. See, that much of a compromise the Gemara makes. Now, this is a very interesting problem. What do we mean by Tzuvah the Rabbanan? What is Ravashi's Haviyamina? Doesn't have applicability today. Watch what I'm about to do. What was his Haviyamina? His Haviyamina was, in those days, you didn't have a telephone, didn't have a radio, didn't have newspapers, but you had teleperson. People spoke. People spoke. I learned very early in life that I have to be very careful whatever I do. I'm a nobody, I'm a nothing. People look at me. Had I learned? Very simply. Watch what I'm telling you now. It's very important. It was a Rebbe in YU. Here I am in the main academic center on the second floor. And there was a Karen Zavit there. If you know YU, I'm walking around. Kids didn't see me. And two kids, about 16, 15, are talking. And we bunk into each other. And here's what the kids are saying. It was a whole machloket about Drake's cakes. Today we don't have a problem. Drake's cakes are under the OU. At that time, they had the Hechsh of Rabbi Ralbach. Rabbi Ralbach's Hechsh was always challenged. So I went over to Rabban Soloveitchik. We were very close at those years. Rabban was very, we were all so young. And I said to, to I said, Rabbi, tell me, can I, can I use, uh, you, you know Rabbi Ralbach. Can you use Drake's? And Rabban said to me, absolutely said. I says, on me, it's a little bit more difficult. But he said, Drake's takes that there shouldn't be a shortening in it. You can depend upon Rabbi Ralbach. So I ate Drake's. Still eat Drake's. But today it's no problem. It's an O-U-D. As I'm making the turn, I hear one kid saying to another, of course you can use Drake's cakes. Rabbi Rothkoff eats them. And I realized, what you do, they watch. Now, what is that 
translate here halachically. Halachically, what does it mean? Tzuva de Rabbanon. People talk about him. If Joe Schmo survives, it's not big news. All right, another guy survived, another Joe Schmo, another, another John Doe. Call the guy what you want. A big Talmud Chacham survives, people are going to gossip. People are going to talk. That is Ravashi's viewpoint. Now let me end off the class and go one step further. If my interpretation is correct, and this is the way the Rishonim and, and the Achronim and the Meshivim all learn Ravashi, then maybe today we all have a din of Tzuva de Rabbanon. Why? Because today you don't need people to talk. You pick up a telephone. You pick up an email. You pick up a fax machine. Pick up a newspaper. Put it into a computer. The whole world knows you survived. Today, the concept of the world talking, you can engender that speech. You can engender that talk. Today, everyone from Joe Schmo to John Doe, we all have a bin of silver the Rabbanon. Could be. Could be. If that's the case, it adds light years to the heta of Rablazame Vradun. And if that's the case, it makes Rabashi Shita, which after all, the Gemara knocks out, but does knock out entirely. The Gemara is already willing to say, put the Evid in. If, he already, if she already married, you don't force her to leave her husband. It could be today, it becomes a much stronger factor in Heter Akuna. So let me reiterate. I have to end. You have Rabban Shit. Seven o'clock. What did we do today? Ah, we did a world. The Hetta Meir Rabbanim, the proposal, the concept of Rabbeinu Gershom, the safety valve, the Satan Rabbi's opposition. That opposition, you see, our gut instinct is, well, it's the Satan Rabbi. No, it's the Satan Rabbi. You got to listen. You got to think. The Yeda Conference. The feminist conference, the Lavi conference, what the Satmi Rebbe said, and 46, when you have to think twice, gee, these problems existed then? And then I reminded myself what I lectured on a few years ago, or on in 1935 with Rabbi, Rabbi Louis Epstein of, of, uh, of uh, Brookline, Massachusetts, his proposal, Rabbi Hudalai Epstein. All right, he was a conservative rabbi, but. In his own life, he was totally observant. He was a different type of conservative rabbi then. They didn't believe in America. You could keep shoes with, a, with the mechitzah. Orthodox rabbis believed that too. The solar pool wrote that that's the compromise we have to pay. That was America. You read it in the, in the, in, in the, lay, in the, in the tradition before the last that I borrowed from Jack. Read, read everyone's essay what America was like. They all say it. You don't need me to say it. It's right there. But those were serious proposals. Kedushin al what went on in the 1930s, the, the conservative rabbinate, the rabbinate in France, the turn of the century. So the Satmar Rebbe can't be dismissed so easily. And the Binyan Tzvi backed down. And what's fascinating is, he says he doesn't recall any single problem. That's a fascinating thought, and I threw it out from my limited knowledge, I don't know of any problem. Of course, those problems are so minor halachically, maybe it never made the headlines. It's not like the mirror image where you have Mamzerut Naguna. Okay. Then we set the stage for Moshe Feinstein. In two weeks' time, 
It's unbelievable. The world of Reb Meisha, the Tzuvah the Rabbanan, the description of Reb Meisha, and the factor of modern technology adding strength to Rabashi Shita, which is dismissed by the Gemara, but yet plays a role with the Eved. And now I have a few giveaways. Is anyone going into the Rabbanan? This was given to me a gift. It's a beautiful Haggadah with, 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 a, with, with a thematic presentation by Rabbi Bukha, but it has no value for me for someone going into the Rabbanan. This could be very valuable. I'll be happy to give it to any Talmud who wants. Anyone who's interested in tracing the Messianicism in Chabad, I just got this at the cultal. I couldn't believe my eyes because this is the Rebbe's famous Sicha on, Hirsch, this is for you, on, 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 did you have this? On 770, and then they forge, they go in and change it. It's their speaking. And they don't indicate that this is not the Rebbe anymore. This is the Messianist bringing in a whole evaluation and bringing it up to date. And it's just unbelievable how, in, how it's done. And anyone who's not aware just doesn't realize that this is not the Rebbe writing at a certain point. It's the people of today uh, who figure also in that tradition volume. Rabbi Dr. Berger uh, goes to war against them as, as if that's the biggest problem the Jewish people have. I don't know, somehow I've yet to meet a Messianist. They tell me they exist, but they real Chabantic and tell me the Batal Bashishim, but they do make a lot of noise. If anyone's going into Chinuch, this is from how to educate children, what to talk about, inside games. It's edited by my student, Daniel Weinberger. It's all for the taking of anyone interested. There's no, as I said, class tomorrow, Machshavah uh, tomorrow. Next week, I do not meet my classes in the Kolel. I have the two public lectures, but we pick up again the week after next. Please remember my name. And don't forget, I will be here. Until we meet again, in health and happiness, Tasvadanya. Thank you very much. Yeah. No, I don't want it. You can have it, pass it on, or, you know, whatever you want. But I read it. It's of interest, but not, not to keep. But it's amazing how they shift gears and don't tell you that it's, you understand, they're intellectually dishonest. They shift gears and they don't tell you it's not the Rebbe, you understand? But that's the famous talk where the Rebbe Taka talks about Beis Rabbeinu, the Gamadim, the Mbavel, yeah? It's a famous talk. A famous talk. Thank you very much.